Okay, so let's start our first topic for today. Mortgages, Alex. Let's just start right at the basic. What is a mortgage? So a mortgage simply is a loan you use to buy a property. Okay. Now, there's some other things that go along with that that make it kind of different than other types of loan that you may get from a bank. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those features end up having their own names. So what I'll do is introduce you to the names of these terms that are used within a mortgage, mm -hmm. and hopefully that'll make things easier to explain. So with a loan, there are a few things that you need to agree and determine on, which is how much are you going to borrow? How much do you need to borrow to buy your, your, your home? And that amount that you borrow, the technical term for it is your principal. So that's one of the principal, the amount of the loan. That's one of the terms that we'll, we'll use. There's also how long you, do you need until you can pay the money back? And that the length and in time of the loan we call the term mm -hmm. of the loan. Um, then when you are, uh, when you've signed your mortgage, one feature of the mortgage, which is really important, is that the lender, the person who's lent you the money, um, they actually do have a legal right to the property if you don't pay them back. And the lender would be in? It could be, the lender could be a bank or a building society. Okay. There are loads of companies where they specialize in this type of lending. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing that will go into the mortgage is determining about repayments. And that is a, also a function of interest rates. Mm -hmm. and interest rates, obviously, they've been in the press a lot because over the past uh, several months, they've gone up significantly and have uh, provided you know, some difficulties for people who've got mortgages. So that's an area that you know, we should also cover to help explain more about how interest rates affect mortgages. Okay, well, so let's start at the beginning then. So you mentioned principal. How much can you actually borrow for a mortgage? Okay, so it's a really good question because obviously we'd all like to be able to have the largest house we can, <laughs> but uh, really we need to kind of be practical and figure out what is it that we realistically could repay over um, to, to, to buy that house. So there's ways in which to think about it, but generally speaking, uh, in the UK, if you want to get a mortgage, the lender, whether it's the bank or building society, they will look at how much you earn per year pre-tax, and they may lend you four and a half times that amount, maybe the maximum. So for instance, if you are earning 50,000 pounds a year, mm -hmm they may lend you 225,000 pounds to okay. buy a place. So that's a multiple that can be used. But take into account that they will also look at how much you spend. They will also look at what your other debt obligations are. Absolutely. So if you have a car, if you have a student loan, mm. all of these things that come out of your account on a regular basis, all of those will be taken into consideration, will yeah. affect the amount that you can borrow. Absolutely. So the four and a half times is kind of a guideline, okay. but obviously what, in terms of how much you can borrow, that's also related to your ability to how would you repay it over, over time. So yeah, your credit worthiness, which is a topic we can touch on uh, in a bit, that also does come into play. And so when you borrow this money, obviously it's a huge amount. How long do you have until you have to pay this back? Because it can take a long time. It, it can. 
And obviously, for most people, buying their home is going to be the biggest single investment they make. Mm. Uh, and, and a home is, well, especially these days, going to be multiple times of your pre-tax income. So how is it that you can then afford you know, something that's really pretty necessary? Mm. Right? We all need a roof over our heads and... You know, especially in, in Britain, you know, we do have this culture of wanting to own our own home. Mm. So the way to balance that out is that is by stretching out the amount of time over which you repay that loan, and mm. that's uh, the, the term of the loan, you know, the, the amount of time. In the UK, generally speaking, that's been 25 years. 25 years. 25 years is the standard term for a mortgage. You can uh, apply for a shorter mortgage if you want. You can under certain circumstances, maybe get a slightly longer mortgage, but 25 years has been the standard term of a mortgage in, in the UK. And what happens if you can't pay this back? If all of a sudden you've remained redundant or you lost your job like we saw a lot of people did during COVID, what happens then? Okay, so this is where things get, get tricky. And remember we talked a bit earlier about uh, this idea of the lender having uh, collateral in your house mm -hmm. essentially ultimately what can happen is that the lender can take your house away but okay. generally speaking that's something they don't really like like to do for obvious reasons so if and, and it does happen all the time you lose your job or you have to spend time with a you know an ill family member and your earning power is diminished mm -hmm. and you find you can get yourself into difficulty then by all means, it's generally recommended. The best thing to do is first off, go and speak to your lender mm -hmm. because there are ways in which they can help out either by changing the structure of payments or deferring some payments, but really trying to, to help out to make sure that those loans do not go into the next stage, which is where uh, a bank or a lender thinks that you are going to default. Uh, that has implications. Default is, default is when uh, it's, it's, it's essentially becomes clear that you're not going to be able to pay back that loan because then that can trigger all sorts of other things. Now, for the, for, for, if you've bought your house and you can't afford to pay, the, pay back your mortgage and you can't pay your installments, you may have two options. One of which you say, okay, I've got to sell the house and see where I can move to. Mm -hmm. Now, that comes with its own difficulties because, of course, chances are, if you're having difficulty paying, is it that, well, the property market may not be so good, it might be really tough to try and sell your that property. And even if you can sell it, can you sell it for well, what it's worth? It's not quick turnaround, so that's the other aspect of no. it. Right? So, I mean, this is an instant redemption from that perspective. And, and obviously... This is our first podcast. We don't want to get too negative within the first 15 minutes <laughs> or people won't never come back. The reality of it is, is <clears throat> to your point, Alex, is, is the moment you think you've got a problem is speak. Speak. Exactly. Because if you look historically at where people have gone wrong is they've buried their head in the sand, ostrich effect, and said, mm. if I just do nothing, all <laughs> of it will go away. No, it doesn't. Absolutely. It just grows. So... You know, with that, you know, I think we probably do a future podcast where we talk about financial difficulty and some of the things that they could do, mm. and we should bring an expert in who can actually, um, you know, advise on that. But um, I think the category here is, or the, 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 the most important thing is, 
want to get the maximum amount of money. We'd all love to have the big home and everything else, but you've got to be realistic about what your um, realistic about what your uh, uh, opportunity is and your ability to repay it. Um, and obviously, we all hope that we increase our earning potential over the years as well. And your requirements might grow. You know, it might not just be one of you. It might be two of you, three of you, four of you, five of you. So you take that into consideration. But you, you know. Getting onto that ladder, especially in the UK, is, is seen as one of the most important things. And from that perspective, it is a viable financial objective. And you mentioned interest rates earlier. Could you talk a bit about that? So interest rates is essentially the cost of money, just as anything that you want to rent. If you want to go rent a car while well, you've got to pay to have use of that car for a certain period of time. There's the same sort of cost for money. You know, money you know, at various times has different costs. And at the moment in the UK, money is, on a historical perspective, more expensive than it has been since 2008, for instance. So the Bank of England base rate is five and a quarter percent. That means for every hundred pounds that you borrow, for a year, well, you owe £5.25 back at the, at the end of it in, mm. in the charges. So, of course, what we're talking about with a mortgage, though, is this is a substantially larger amount of money. You know, your mortgage is likely to be a few hundred thousand pounds at, at the very minimum. So, of course, borrowing that means that there is then having to calculate what is the cost of borrowing over, mm. over time. So especially with regards to repayments and, and interest rates, um, you know, there are a couple of things that we can delve into, but I think to, to answer the immediate question, essentially as interest rates rise, mm -hmm. then that's going to mean that the cost of a mortgage, generally speaking, is going to rise because the cost of, of borrowing has also risen. At times where interest rates fall, mm -hmm. then that cost of borrowing also will fall. But obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm depending I'm on the deal that you're in, right? Well, yes, exactly, and that's a, that's another topic. There's all sorts of different <laughs> mortgage products that will can lock you in for various times at various rates, and that's something we could discuss in a bit. But just pointing to your thing about when having to and touching on, on something that's really important, which is budgeting. Yeah. Whereby it's very very simple, uh, and and very very tempting when you're looking to buy a property to say what can I afford right now mm. without doing the budgeting and thinking, well, if something went awry, do I have any breathing space? Mm. And that's a, a, a mistake that many people make and uh, you know, where there's things that come out of, uh, that are unexpected happens. Normally, mm. we're very good at dealing with bad news, but we're very poor at dealing with surprises. Mm. Yeah. And as a result, the way in which we cope with surprise, especially what I like to call these money moments, where yeah. you have something that has a, a, a money impact on you, they tend to be negative. As a result, how is it that we cope with that, for instance, from budgeting? So when looking at a mortgage and how much can I borrow, mm -hmm. so as we mentioned before, how much do you think you can borrow to buy a house, that is intricately linked to then depending upon how much I borrow, that's how much it's going to cost. If interest rates were to rise a bit, could I actually afford that extra interest cost? So all of these products here, for something that is very commonplace, and a mortgage is commonplace, mm. 
but you know, I I like to 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 to, to say, and, and I actually truly think that of the financial products out there, you know, the mortgage is one of the most complicated products because there are very few products that can last for twenty five years and can have all of these effects, not just from the outside for the the, the borrower, mm -hmm. but also for what's happening in their own lives. Yeah, because an important thing to remember here, Hattie, is that the the loan is for the initial purchase price. So to Alex's point, when housing markets go up, but they also go down, right? Mm -hmm. So we've just come off the back of this huge housing run where prices have gone up and up and up and up and up and up. Everyone's like, you know, the cost of housing is increasing. Now it's started to cool because interest rates have gone up and people's ability to afford it has, has diminished. So people are, aren't buying houses as much as they were, so prices start to come off. But if you bought a house last year, that loan is linked to the value of that house at that moment in time. Oh, no. So it doesn't go down okay. if the house goes down. So if the house market crashes, your loan is still linked to what you bought it at. Oh, gosh. So the thing that you, you know, this is why they ask for a deposit. Now, years ago, they used to do 100% loan to value, which is basically your mortgage would be 100% of the price. Well, the financial crisis did a pretty good job of averting that because people crashed out, mm. right? Um, there's many other reasons, and we can go into that in a future podcast. But, um, <clears throat> you know, there is a reluctance to offer such high loan-to-value, mm. you know, mortgage to the value of the house, um, because of that fact. Because if the market does go down, mm. you are left high and dry. So it's really important, and in the UK specifically, even if you sell your house and you sell it at a loss, you are still financially liable for the mortgage. Oh. It's not like in America, it's slightly different. But in the UK, if you bought your house at 100 grand or your property at 100 grand and your mortgage is, let's, uh, let's do the maths, right? They say it was 100 grand is your mortgage mm -hmm. and the value of your property was, say, 105 just to keep it nice and simple. Then the market tanked and the value of that, you know, the house, you had to sell it was say 90,000. If you had 95,000 left on your mortgage, you'd have to pay the additional five. And not, that's before we take into account the fees and tax and everything else that then has to be taken off it. Well, so if you own a house and let's say, sorry, not own, if you've taken out a mortgage, 25 year <coughs> mortgage, to get a two, £200,000 house, if all of a sudden, let's say I decided, and I, I was one who had the 25-year mortgage, 10 years in, do you know what, actually, I don't like this area anymore, I want to sell um, and buy another house and, and get a mortgage out for another house. What are my options? Is that is that even possible? Oh, absolutely. So the thing to remember is that mortgages are linked to a particular property. Okay. So. The process is that you go to your lender and you say, I want to buy this house. Will you let me buy this house? Uh, you go through the negotiations about how much you're going to borrow. Fast forward and you've been in the house for, let's say, five years. Mm. Um, but you've got a family now. You may want to go to a different part of town. You need somewhere bigger because of your family. So the process ends up being, OK, well, I can now, if I'm going to move to a different place, you then find your house. You go to... A mortgage lender it could be the same one as you have or mm -hmm. it could be a different one 
you then go through the process that you would do to secure that loan and then as you sell your existing house the proceeds from selling the existing house pay off that original mortgage and then you take out your new mortgage so do you so, lose money in the equation uh you shouldn't do there will be fees but mm -hmm. it will all be dependent then upon if you are the value of the house that you're selling mm -hmm. relative to the the debt you have on it so alan just talked about the situation where you had the value of your original house fall that's called negative equity okay. yeah so we could go into we, yeah we could go into that and that's been you know over time there's been a a, a big uh, you know really can be a big problem where mm -hmm. you have the value of what you own less than the value of what's outstanding but the converse of that is that you've held on to your property for five or seven years and the value of your property is appreciated. You've made payments. So you've made your payments and now when you come to go and sell your £100,000 flat, it turns out it's now worth £125,000. Well, mm -hmm. happy days because now you get to sell something at £125,000 but over the course of the years, you had borrowed... Ninety-five thousand pounds. Well, over time, you've also repaid some of your mortgage, so you may well only be own, uh, own or have to sorry owe maybe eighty-five thousand pounds. So, in fact, you then crystallize that gain between what you owe on the on your original mortgage mm -hmm. and what you've sold your flat for. You might have done some home improvements. You know, yeah. the area might have come up, and there's a residual value that is increased. You know, prior simply being in that postcode. I mean, there's all these influences and, and factors you've got to take into consideration. So, uh, quick question, because this is one of the things that even I'm, well, you know, I think I've got a good idea on this, but I'm going to ask your opinion. When you pay a loan, in a number of cases, you're paying the interest off first and you're not necessarily paying all of the principal, you might be paying a portion of the principal. And one of the things that has always been talked about is this idea that you pay principal, you know, you try and pay it down as much as you can. And you can also overpay. I know you can pay up to 10% of the overvalue. From that perspective, you know, there is a cost of renting money. Mm -hmm. Banks make profit, so they will cover the cost of renting their money as quickly as possible as well. So even though you're paying down, say, a thousand pounds a month into off your mortgage, not all of that money is purely on the principal, is it, Alex? No, exactly. So a repayment, the way in which your mortgage repayment is collated, <coughs> is based off of this idea that each month you'll have uh, the same payment, assuming that interest rates stay where they are. But each month your payment is the same, and each or each payment will have the same value but within that payment there's going to be a certain proportion that you're paying interest on what you're borrowing mm -hmm. but you're also paying off a bit of your underlying loan okay. so for instance the first month that you pay back let's say you've got a, a thousand pounds uh, which is your mortgage cost it may well be that your first month payment is actually let's say 900 pounds of interest but a hundred pounds of principal so What's happened in the second month? You've actually, your outstanding amount that you're borrowing has decreased by £100. Now, on £100,000, that doesn't really feel like much. But month after month after month, you're paying off a bit more of your principal, 
and your equal payments are actually now kind of shifted because you're each month you're paying a little less interest and a little more of your principal so mm -hmm. over time your outstanding loan amount the, the principal outstanding how much more have you got to pay off starts diminishing mm -hmm. over time okay. which then means that for instance after five years you wouldn't owe a hundred thousand pounds you might owe you know ninety two thousand pounds for instance so over time you are paying interest and principal each month mm -hmm. but over time you're hoping that the you're trying to pay more and more principal because that means you're paying less and less interest so uh, so when you first get your mortgage let's say 25 years again the first couple of years the majority of what you are paying is actually interest absolutely okay got it yeah um and i think could we quickly divert to back to something that you said earlier you were talking about saving room for error um in case you know inflation goes up and and, and or you lose your job or whatever let's say money moments money moments yes yeah. money moments um so let's say you have a certain amount saved up to put down as your down payment and so how much roughly down of a down payment would you have to put percentage wise on your on so your house? over the past 15 years the market's become more regulated in as much as the amount you have to put down mm -hmm. your deposit amount uh has to be higher so you can find mortgages where now that they will ask you for a 10 percent mm -hmm. uh, deposit generally speaking though you will get much better deals and lower interest rates if you can provide a larger deposit sometimes up to 20 percent of the mm -hmm. purchase I think price 25 is where it really kicks in if you think but there's for first time buyers and, and younger people mm. you know facilitating a mortgage is not the challenge it's actually raising the deposit yes right you know, yeah. you've got a hundred thousand pound house and you've got to save you know a hundred thousand pound house with a ten percent deposit well that's ten grand mm. now ten grand can take a long time for people to raise right mm. um and if you get a bigger house and you want to go for like 200 grand well it's 20 grand or if it's you know exponentially higher try and find something in london yeah good luck with that right unless it's a garage and i don't even think you'd get a garage for <laughs> no. 200 grand, right so <clears throat> but I mean, so the deposit is is the difficulty. So the you know there have been various initiatives and and help to buy and things like that, but there will be for to get on that ladder. There are products that will give you lower deposit amounts. Okay. But as you get to bigger homes and as you get to kind of the more family mm. ones, that deposit requirement really does start to settle around the kind of 20 to 25 percent and at 25 percent you start to get a much broader range of offers that you could look at and to alex's point the interest rate comes down so it's you know it's imperative <clears throat> as you're younger and you've got that freedom and the flexibility if you can get onto the ladder as quickly as possible mm -hmm. and if home ownership is something you want to do then you know the quicker you get on the quicker you can start to amass equity. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, otherwise you're renting. Yeah. And then you're paying someone else's mortgage, yeah. right? So it's, you're not gonna be buying and living in a home forever. Mm -hmm. So that idea of, as I said, I'm, I'm going off topic. But the, you know, from that perspective, it's, there is a variety mm -hmm. for younger people that smaller amounts work 
But as you get older, as the property value increases, then I'd say 20 to 25%, certainly in my own experience, recent experience, 25% is probably around the area that you've quoted it. But I think you also touch on what I think is a really interesting point with regards to mortgage and when you're talking about the alternative. We all need a a roof over our head Mm -hmm. and we essentially have this binary, well, there's three functions you can go through, which is I buy, I rent, or I, I live at home. Ted. Yeah, <laughs> parents will have you. But the, especially in the UK, over, you know, over time, pick almost any, any time frame. And the way I think in which it works to think about mortgages is it's almost as though it's a, it's a forced saving mm-hmm. because of the function of, okay, you can think about how is it that I shift, how do I shift time and cash? Mm. I don't necessarily have all the cash today to have the home that I would need. I could, if I live under someone else's roof, um, I could then save cash and then buy it for cash in 25 years time. But that's really very, very inefficient. What the mortgage is doing is saying, look here, we can get you to be able to buy the roof over your head right now, in return for which we're going to force you to pay this off each month. And yes, there will be a cost of borrowing. But at the end of the 25 years, what do you have? You have a valuable asset, tangible asset that is free of debt. You Mm. then own a house. Mm. And so it's a forced saving. Which potentially outside of your control could rise in value. Yes. So when you get to realize that market uh, value, you can make profit on top. Yeah, in, in a nominal sense, or it's something which is a you know a family asset. Also gives you, you know, that flexibility of if that's something you then want to say. And this you know comes into you know, a very different topic about retirement planning, which is probably you know, slightly ahead of your time. <laughs> Not have to worry about it just yet. Not just However, yet. but it it is about uh, financial flexibility. is a, is about having having that optionality how is it that you can make those choices and so the forced saving of a mortgage while up front yes obviously it's a pain in the derriere to have to, to pay out you know, several thousand pounds a month for where you live it actually does end up being a forced saving scheme and i must admit it's like going i, I look at this right and the reflection upon time and, and that's the beauty of age is a lot of time to reflect and it's like every time even you look more at, with me yeah God, eons. <laughs> every time you look at house prices you're like oh it's so expensive it's going to come down you know what it doesn't and that's the thing so mm. i remember when i was moved to london the first time and we looked at kind of you know two bedroom apartments and it was like wow this is so expensive now you would have bitten your arm off oh you know? gosh yeah you know and it's and that's the thing so it, it, it's there's never a right time there's never a perfect condition, right? I mean, we have to use no. to say is like, uh, you know, you, it's like trying to, to get it at its lowest price is like trying to catch a falling knife. It just doesn't work and you end up with blood all over your hands. The reality of it is, 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 you know, if you can financially afford it, it's something that you want to do, you're in a place you want to be, then that commitment, to your point, Alex, is, is discipline that will, will stand you the test of time and you can grow with it. Mm. And it will give you a great platform and foundation in which to then move on as your life advances and changes and, and and all of these things you know exciting things happen you know you'll have that there and whether you want to use it 
whether you want to sell it, whether you want to rent it, whatever, you've got that flexibility. Mm. And if you guys were to sort of talk to your 20-year-old selves, is there anything that you would have done differently or advice you'd like to well, give? Wait, 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 wait. Is, that a is that a dangerous kind of How many hours are we going to be here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be quicker well. to say, what are they right? Um, uh, well, I can tell you there's well, some something of, to tell your, your, your kids, to, I guess. To tell my kids, oh, well, I, I Maybe as, that's as a I do. less negative route to go down. No, as, as I do, actually, I think that the um, one of the things, and one of the reasons why I think we, we wanted to do this series of podcasts is that there is a lot of things about finances um, that just don't get taught and but they are really important and one of those is the power of compounding mm. and no one really speaks uh, about you know compounding I mean uh, yes it may be colored in, in math classes but no one really actually demonstrates what it means in the real world and how it can actually work for you or work against you. I think we'll definitely have to do uh, an episode. We, we could do a, do a that, se yeah. separate episode, <clears throat> but I would just, uh, you yeah, know, the two things, two very quick things I think, that, you know, I've, I've, I've told my, my boys has, has, has been, you know, first off, um, you know, start saving early in terms of pensions mm. and get on, you know, for, for, for me, uh, I, I, I think that getting, um, getting yourself on that property ladder relatively early because it ends up being a a forced saving mechanism mm. and you end up having to be relatively speaking unlucky if you find yourself in a position where that really pans out horribly mm. so as long as you uh, have a confluence of guidance which suggests how do you not over overreach how do you budget mm. then um, you know, being able to 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 have uh, your your home gives you not just it's 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 more than a roof over the head. It it does give you a a basic financial uh, you, you backstop. Said it, you said it yourself. It's at that moment in time. It's probably the largest financial uh, purchase you've gone into an obligation you've ever mm. made. I mean, to follow on from Alex's perspective, I mean, twenty years self. I mean, I. I, I Exactly everything that Alex has said. I mean, it's, it's, you know, pension, because you don't think about it when you're younger, but as you get older, it suddenly becomes, you know, imperative and certainly, certainly more meaningful. But that property ladder, uh, I mean, I kind of look at it in two ways, right? I was really lucky. I got to work abroad. I, I worked in the US for a number of years. I've worked in Asia for a number of years. And I've kind of hopscotched around the world uh, and traveled a lot. But I haven't had a base that I stayed in. And it's only when I've returned to the UK in the last few years that I've kind of stayed in the same place. And as a result, I didn't buy a property. Mm. And, you know, when I go back to what I said a few minutes ago about the frustration of, of wishing I'd bought a property because, you know, now my circumstances have changed. I've got a family, I've got kids, and, you know, so I'm looking at a house that was significantly bigger than what I needed probably 10 years ago. Mm. The challenge is, is that now I'm, that bar that I'm aiming for is significantly higher than the one that we were paying. So it would have been easy for me to get on that first step. Mm. But because I was moving around and everything else, it wasn't easy. Now that I'm on, I'm on rung five yeah. instead of rung one, and I've had to jump that way higher. Mm. Yeah, but I'm fortunate. I'm in a position that I can. <clears throat> but a lot of people aren't. Yeah. So you've got to be realistic about the fact that, you know, what, you know, that I, that, first home 
may not be the ideal one that you want. Oh, goodness. No. So, I don't think anyone, yeah. unless you win the lottery or you're a footballer, you're not going to be buying the dream home, right? Mm. You're going to be buying something, but it's an asset. It's mm. an asset, right? And you'll sit there and you can make it look nice. And, and you know, the idea hopefully is that, it, you know, it'll be in an up-and-coming area, a gentrified area. I'm really probably more about London than other places, but, you know, nevertheless. And it, it, it will then accumulate value because houses will increase in price and they have consistently yes there's been blips as alex mentioned but if you look at the long-term one mm. they've gone up in price i mean oh, no. you know my parents bought their first house for 20 grand wow right now we didn't live in london we lived outside of london but 20 grand right <laughs> practically can't... unheard of now yeah. Yeah. You, can't, you can't even buy the plot for that, right? But that's the, yeah, that's the power of inflation, but that's also another topic, I guess, for another time. Yeah. Mm. 